and welcome to Very Excellent Habits, the podcast that helps you create little habits for a big life. I'm Carly Jacobs, writer and mostly sensible habit maker. This episode inspiration comes from Lisa. Hi Carly, my name's Lisa, a big fan. I really enjoyed the episode that you did about keeping your house tidy and I wondered if you could do something similar about life administration. How do you keep track of your emails and all of your online accounts and digital records? I know that you've covered this before, but I'm about to do a bit of a spring clean of my admin and I thought a refresher would be really awesome. Okay, so I had to get an expert in here because I'm actually not that amazing at digital admin. I have high functioning anxiety, which means that my brain never lets me forget a single thing. So I still write things down in my calendar app. I use time page and actions, which are made by my partner, Ben, but I'm never shocked when I see a reminder in there because it's likely I've just been worrying about it for weeks and weeks and waking up at 3am and reminding myself that that thing's going to happen and then, you know, remembering it and then falling asleep again. So my brain never actually lets me forget anything. So the concept of digital admin and reminding myself to do things is a bit of a moot point. But for everyone else who isn't totally highly strung, I have Dinah Rowe Roberts from Life Admin Life Hacks on the show to talk about digital admin and how to whip yours into shape. I was featured on her and Mia's podcast a few months ago, and now I've invited her here to have a chat about all things digital admin. Welcome, Dinah. Thanks so much for having me, Carly. It's great to be here. <laughs> no worries at all. So I start every episode with a recommendation of the week. So I'll go first. My recommendation of the week is kangaroo burgers. And I know that sounds like a bit weird, but we're trying to eat less and less beef because of, you know, the methane and all of the environmental issues. And we've just found that kangaroo is a really, really good substitute. And I mean, the burgers are great. They taste really good. We've got a two-year-old who loves them. So if you're trying to, if you're getting weird about beef like a lot of people are and as we should be we should be getting a bit weird about beef try kangaroo because it's just a really really good substitute so what's your recommendation of the week yeah it's awesome i i must admit we also have tried kangaroo we like a kangaroo bolognese in this house so so do we (laughs) have Uh, you tried kangaroo sausages no so i have to put that on my list we call them kangabangers oh i like a name too (laughs) (laughs) so in terms of my recommendation of the week can I just say that thinking about this recommendation has actually been the most stressful thing of my week. It's like <laughs> the pressure, the pressure. <laughs> anyway, uh, I recently ordered a gift from a website called NoteCube um, and it's a little box and it comes with customized little notes. Um, so I actually got 50 for my husband and the website can help you with ideas of what to include based on you, like putting the qualities of the person that you're buying it for and then you can customize it and add photos on the back of each note and I made one for my husband and I bought him a little frame to go with it and he keeps it on his desk and he switches over the photos every few weeks and such a lovely gift and I had so much fun making it for him highly recommend so is it like motivational kind of things or like daily suggestions or it's about the I've put in it the things so my um, kids and I made it for him and we all put things that we love about him on the back of the notes so really nice gift oh that sounds lovely Hmm. So I have you on the show today to talk about digital admin. And I've said at the beginning of the episode, I'm not an expert in digital admin at all. So I'm going to throw it directly over to you. Let's start with emails. So what is your email strategy? 
Oh, look, Carly, it's so easy for inboxes to get out of control and so many people have thousands of emails in your inbox. So I think if you're in this situation, you're definitely not alone. Um, my key thing or biggest advice is just don't open your email unless you've actually got the time to do the tasks that might be unearthed when you open your email. I think it's so easy to open and open, open, open emails and all of a sudden you're in overwhelmed city. So when I mean you have time to deal with them, it doesn't have to be like 30 minutes, but you've got to have at least two minutes, enough time to take action. So often the content in emails is what we would call a two minute too easy task, like paying a bill, adding something to your calendar, a quick reply. So just advice number one, definitely don't open your email unless you've got two minutes to take those actions. So with emails, my way of doing emails, I don't actually have a system at all. I just, if I, if something needs doing and I've read it, I mark it as unread. So all of the unread emails, I get rid of anything spam immediately. I ditch that. I archive, I'm an archive maniac. I just go for it. Um, and with my unread list, anything that anything that's unread is my to-do list for the next week. So I just, it just kind of builds up over the week. And then on Friday, I just kind of ditch it all. So that's my very unscientific way of <laughs> dealing with, with my email. Yeah. So I think that ideally the best practice would be that when you open it, you either read it and delete it. So things like, you know, newsletters from a school or, you know, subscriptions, read it. And if you never need it again, just delete it. Don't be afraid. I think lots of people are afraid to delete, delete, delete. And I also think if you can think about, do I need to see this email again? You might want to unsubscribe. So um, get rid of it so that it doesn't keep coming back into your inbox. Um, the other option is obviously action it like we talked about and then either archive it or again, delete it. Uh, or finally, if it's something that's a to-do that you can't get done in two minutes and you don't have enough time to do it, the best practice would say add it to a to-do list or schedule time in your calendar um, and then delete or archive it. So if you have, like, what about people who have multiple email accounts? So you might have one for work. You might have like a personal one. I know that a lot of people struggle with that kind of thing, particularly like if you, if you, a lot of readers come to me and they're worried about, um, like if they work at the government and then they change departments and then their email changes. So a lot of people, I've had the same email address for like 20 years, so it's not a problem for me, but a lot of people change. Like if you change a school and you teach at a new school and you've got the new school as part of your email address, like how do you, how do you deal with that? Yeah. So in terms of personal life admin, we actually recommend setting up a life admin dedicated email account that will stay with you kind of for life. And ideally, if you're in a partnership, it's a shared email because then either of you can deal with that and you can share that inbox and really share the load of dealing with all of that admin rather than having one person having to deal with everything really gives you that opportunity for to get greater visibility on all the life admin tasks. Um, but also means that it can come with you throughout life and it keeps that separate from work. So it does mean that when you're not working, you can truly turn off from work and you can just look at the inbox that's to do with your own life admin. Oh, I really love that. See, we're business owners, so we just need to be connected to <laughs> our business email basically all the time. But I, I get, I, you know, I, I feel quite, you know, jealous of people that are able to have that, like that distinction between, between work and home, but I don't know, maybe we could, yeah, I'll think about it. We'll see if we could, we could implement that. Yeah. I do think a lot of people balk at the idea of having a separate email address for life admin, but if you truly want to share the mental load with your partner, having that idea of having a neutral 
email address where bills go to, everything to do with school goes to, all those sorts of things. It can be a big game changer in terms of shifting that mental load because in our family, we have the rule, if you open it, you deal with it. So um, it really means that my husband is a big contributor to the life admin email that, you know, continues, you know, the cost of communications really decreased. So the volume of email has definitely gone up. So do you guys fight over who has to check it? No, so we have a pretty good habit of um, of checking it in morning and night time, and it kind of just depends on who's got to it first uh, and who's you know what's going on uh, in the household. But someone's usually checking it twice a day because certainly at the moment, I don't know about you, but uh, our, we have kids in two different schools, so the volume of communication that's coming in about COVID and restrictions and all those sorts of things it's actually huge. So having that shared between the two of us um, has been a big win. So what about if your email is just completely out of control? What do you suggest? Um, so I think that if your email is out of control, particularly if you've got lots of subscriptions, uh, I would really recommend trying a service like Unroll Me. There's some other paid services if you're worried about privacy or some of those things. But Unroll Me will generate a list of all your subscription emails and then you can quickly unsubscribe easily from the ones that you don't want to receive anymore and that will help. I think sometimes it's also good to sort of declare email bankruptcy um, and just move everything from your inbox. And if you don't want to delete it, just move it into a folder and say, I'm starting again and I'm going to start from today uh, and have that sort of clean slate approach. Yeah, I totally agree. Like I have a lot of people that send me, you know how when people will have an inbox that's just bulging and they will have, you know, 4,000 unread emails and I really, really don't like that. And it makes like, I feel quite triggered by it. It makes me feel I'm an inbox zero gal. Like I get to zero at the end of every week and I don't, I've never in my life had 5,000 unread emails. That doesn't make me a better, more superior person. That's just the way that I like to do it. But people know that I get freaked out when I see those, like the little envelope with the 4,000 unread things. So people send them to me all the time, just like, out of the <laughs> like oh, look at me. I've got 6,000 unread emails. I'm like, you even can't deal. Just gives me heart palpitations. So moving on, how do you feel about credit cards and like reminders to pay them and stay on top of them? Like just, just my, like I, I went through this at the beginning of, of the episode before you popped on. My whole thing is that like, I I have high functioning anxiety. So I worry about things all the time. So everything just gets done because I'm constantly thinking about things. So I do have reminders and lists and stuff, but it's just more because I like it rather than I need a reminder. Like if I've, I've got a doctor's appointment on Monday and I just know that I've got it and I haven't seen it in my diary. I just know that it's there because I'm thinking about it every couple of hours. I'll be like, Oh, I've got a doctor's appointment on Monday. So yeah. So with my credit card, I don't have to remind myself to pay it because I just, pay it so do you have any tips for people who aren't highly strong I do so I think a lot of people do manually pay their credit card each month but we would sort of recommend wherever possible you should automate your life admin so wherever possible if you're comfortable with it I highly recommend just setting up a direct debit so that it happens automatically and you don't have to think about it so that would mean that, you know, when the statement comes in, you quickly scan the transactions or more frequently if that's something that you feel you need to do. Um, and as soon as the monthly statement arrives for me, um, I file it and I know that it's automatically going to get paid on the due date. So n- no more to do here. 
But um, depending on how you manage your money, you might want a reminder of when that auto pay, auto pay is going to happen. So some hacks are, some banks actually offer that as a text service. So they might be able to send you a text the day before they're gonna take the direct debit so that you, if you need to do any money juggling, you can do it then. Or the other hack is you can actually change the date that your statement falls due. If you ring your bank, you can say, actually, I wanna change my statement cycle so that it will come out, you know, always the day after I get paid. So you always know that you're going to have money in the account. And that's what we have. We have that our credit card comes out on auto pay the day after my husband gets paid, he gets paid monthly. So we know we're always going to have enough money in the bank. And really it's sort of set and forget, which is, you know, wherever possible, automating and minimizing this stuff is our goal. Yeah. A lot of that stuff comes up for, for me because I know that a lot of the listeners are people who are salaried workers and get paid the same amount on the same day each month. But because my partner and I are business owners, it's like half the time we don't even know when we're getting paid. It's sometimes it's twice yeah. a year. Sometimes, you know, it's all over the shop. So yeah, I, um, yeah, I think, I think that a lot of that stuff might not actually work for, for people like us. And I think that is why I need to kind of pay it manually because I'm never quite sure which account's going to have money in it and that kind of thing. So, but yeah, if you are salaried, then that is a, that is a very excellent, excellent way to, way to do things. Yeah. And in, in that case, if you, when, as soon as you get the statement, you should be adding a, a reminder in your to-do list because that will, you know, super easy with um, automated to-do list apps. Um, and then you can just have a reminder to make sure you juggle the money on the right day. Perfect. So what about things like school enrollments and keeping up with digital school communications and things like payments? Like this has come up before, like with the life admin um, email. And also it, it's a huge thing that comes up for our readers, for, for the listeners, um, the, the mental load that women invariably have to take on. So this is, this is a really, really big one. What are your tips in this area? Yeah, so it really probably comes down to what we call having really good life admin foundational systems. So having a really good to-do list app that you're sharing with your partner so that as soon as that email arrives, if there's something that needs to be done down the track, you're adding that to the to-do list app. Um, also having important documents you need to have to hand in a cloud storage system that your partner can also access so that either one of you can easily give the documents you might need for things like an enrolment form but also regularly having time to do some of those more chunky life admin tasks scheduled in your calendar. We recommend one hour of power a week that you set aside so that you know when you're gonna to get to those life admin tasks so you can knock those tasks off your to-do list. And I guess my final one, particularly when it comes to form filling and when your kids are in school, like the form filling is never ending. Um, it's really having that frequent form filling data set up in, in a way that makes form filling a breeze. So for me, I've got all of our frequent form filling data saved in my LastPass password manager app. So it means when a form comes in, it like can almost all be automatically populated. And so for me, that becomes a two minute, too easy task. I open the email, I action it and it's done. Unless it sometimes if it's a more complicated form then it might go on my to-do list um, for either my husband or I to action. But if you've really invested in some of those foundations, then it's super easy to fill in a form. So you can do it right then and there and then you can forget about it. You don't have to worry about it again. 
Hi, it's Carly. Just popping in to remind you to leave a review for the podcast if you haven't already. Please go to the show page, not the episode page, and scroll right down to the bottom where it says leave a review. I check reviews every single week, and honestly, I just get so chuffed whenever there's a new one. So if you have the time, I would really appreciate it. Also, this week's bonus is a resource list of very excellent productivity apps, and you can grab that by becoming a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash very excellent habits. Back to the show. I'm pretty sure that that my computer just does that automatically. It's not saved in LastPass, but if I'm going to like fill out my address, it just kind of assumes that I'm doing it and I can just press enter and it just does it. And it tends to do it on forms as well. So yeah. So sometimes it gets saved in your browser. Um, yeah. the, the advantage of investing in something like LastPass means you can move between devices and the same information is there and then it gets updated. So for me, I have a home computer, a work computer, a phone, and then my husband has uh, his devices. So once we've invested in setting it up either in, um, in LastPass, and I know that Mia's actually set hers up in just a Google doc because she co-parents with her uh, husband and so they have a shared document that they can both access that information super easily so that no matter which home the kids are in they can easily fill in the form so whoever the kids are with she's sharing that data so investing a little bit of time and getting that form filling data up to date um, can really make those form filling like effortless uh, and that's where I would also encourage people to think about doing a little bit more on their computer if they've got one rather than a phone, because I think often it can be quite clunky to do it on a phone. So if you can jump onto a computer um, and access that data, you can usually fill out the form way quicker than trying to do it, you know, with your tiny hands and fingers on these tiny little forms. That is such a good point. I'm so guilty of doing that. I'll be on, I'll be on the couch and like a form will come through and I'll go, no, I'll just fill it out on my phone. And then I, it doesn't feel, it fills the screen and then you miss yep. bits and then it chunks around. And then I just end up going and using my computer anyway. So just going yep. straight to the case and not being lazy and getting up and going to your actual computer. That's, yep. that's a life hack right there. Definitely. So do you have any tips for library books or toy libraries or returning things that you've borrowed? Yeah. So from a digital perspective, my suggestion would be that as soon as you borrow something, either immediately schedule the time in your calendar to return them. So particularly if the toy library might be a bit of distance from your house, think about, okay, it's due on this date. So I'm already going to put that slot in my calendar of the time I'm going to return it. Or, or if it's a library book, you might just want to add it into your to-do list so that you've got those dates. Um, for me, uh, we have had problems in the past about library books going missing in the house when they get intermingled with other books or even worse, once a few of my sons ended up at school and I was like in the classroom digging through the, the, the shelf in the school. And so after that, after that incident, um, we established a little box. So really thinking about our environment. So we put a box where all the library books go in. So either you're reading a library book or it's in that box uh, and that box is right next to the bag that we keep that we use to go to the greengrocer. The library's next to the greengrocer. So you know, oh, I'm going to the greengrocer. I'm going to return those books. So really putting those habits to make things easy for yourself so you don't have to remember. Um, for me also, our library's so great. They send you an email when the books are due. So it's again, coming back to that email strategy. As soon as I see that email, I either jump online and renew it. So sometimes we're still working our way through a book so we can renew online or I immediately go and find the book uh, and put it into that spot so that I make sure it gets returned. 
Yeah, I, I love all of those tips. We struggle a lot with library books, but mainly because my kid's two and she just kind of stacks all her books up and carries them around and, you know, she, she doesn't read yet, so they're kind of toys for her. But, um, yeah, no, we I'm definitely going to get a box or a basket <laughs> to just keep all of the library books in now because, yeah, I will, I will return what I think is all of the library books and then yeah. a week later I'll get an email saying, oh, what about this book? And I'll be like, I don't even remember borrowing that one and then I have to rifle through all of my all of my kids books what about online shopping like for groceries and for other things as well I know a lot of people struggle with the concept of shopping online particularly for groceries it's a really big mental block to jump from picking your own produce to letting someone else do it I know that um you know the the events of the last two two years have changed like that that's made it more of a necessity for people to do uh and also if you've got any thoughts on returns I know returning items seems to be a really big problem for some people okay well let's talk about grocery shopping first because I am the like online grocery shopping aficionado so I actually made um a, a sort of like a new year's resolution at the beginning of this year to not enter over the threshold of a supermarket because supermarkets are like my definition of hell I love going to the produce shop and the butcher but going to you know the bright light supermarket is like awful so um, I actually bought the annual Woolworths delivery subscription this year, which is just amazing because it means I can get more deliveries uh, if I need them. So before I used to always have that anxiety of, oh, I forgot, you know, things. And so therefore I have to wait. Whereas now I can order uh, $50 and I can still get a free delivery. So that's amazing. Just amazing. How much is the yearly subscription? I think it's $160. Not bad. It's not bad. And, and really, when I think about the time I save by not having to go, like... And that the is, petrol. That's $160 very well spent. Oh, easily. Uh, yeah. And before COVID, they were actually doing that um, delivery to Benchtop, which for me was awesome too, because that's also... That. But no longer, which is... I really know, it's sad. really sad. And our local Woolies, because we get Woolies online shops as well, and our local Woolies apparently has run out of paper bags. <laughs> so now we're just getting plastic bags all the oh, time. No. And I keep ticking. I hate it. It's so bad. But it's like, what are we going to do? And then every time I go to tick the thing for them to not send me those stupid bricks, they just send them anyway. It's so mm. infuriating. That anyway, that was just my little rant. Yeah. So I think for that, it definitely was about investing time in setting up the lists of what we regularly buy. So I've got a whole series of lists, like the every week list and then a few lists for different meals so that I can quickly um you know, add the things uh, and also getting into the rhythm of scheduling a time so that, you know, I'm going to shop on this time so that you're really managing your groceries. Cause you know, you can't get it immediately. Uh, now I can usually get it the next day, but um, you know, you need to have a little bit more of a lead time. So you have to be a little bit more of a planner. So we have a scheduled time in our calendar for when we do our meal planning and grocery shopping and I can get it done in under 10 minutes. Like that's a big win for me in terms of time back in my week to do more fun things because walking up and down, you know, Woolworths is not fun. I'm exactly the same. And we, we were a little bit iffy about moving on to, to online just because we, we live deep in the country and it's a, it's about a 50 minute drive to our nearest Woolies. So like that, that is a massive time suck for us as well, but we've got, we do the exact same thing. We've got our list of stuff that we buy regularly. Ours is called the usual suspects. So we, we pop into that one and that's got, you know, most of our stuff on it, but yeah, I do it in under 10 minutes. I usually do it like on a Saturday morning when my kids watching cartoons and eating breakfast and I'll just quickly do it. And it's just so much easier than, you know, going to actual Woolworths and walking up and down the aisles, which is just terrible, particularly if you've got a toddler makes it really, really hard. 
So in term, what, in oh, sorry, of, you go. Yeah, in terms of managing returns, I think one of my biggest hacks would be is making sure that you keep things uh, to be able to return items. So like wherever um, a parcel arrives, I try and preserve the packaging in which it arrives. So like carefully cut it open so that if I do need to return it, I can kind of tape it back and send it back. And also that you can buy postage online. So if it's not a free delivery, you can just log on to the Australia Post website, pay your postage. So I put on the scale um, and then, you know, it's super easy to, and it's again, try and do it straight away. So if a parcel arrives, I don't open it until I have time to try it on. And if I'm not going to keep it, um, I've got time to actually seal it back up, pay the postage um, and pop it in the post. I do the exact same thing. Love it. <laughs> Just twins. So what about diaries and to-do lists? So do you have separate work ones and personal ones and what do you do family-wise? Yeah. So we really do recommend, again, a separate uh, calendar away from work so you can truly switch off out of hours. Um, and that can also remain with you when you change jobs or if and if you work solo so you can share a work calendar with a you know a VA or, or someone you're working with without them having to see all of your personal information that you might not want to share with um, and if you have a partner or family like I have a 14 year old daughter so she actually shares our family calendar as well so we have one family calendar so she can also see what's going on for our family so she can know whether she's allowed to schedule time with her friends because she can see whether whether we're seeing grandma or all those sorts of things. And she can take into account whether it's going to be possible for me to drive her somewhere before she starts to arrange for me to organise to, you know, meet up with a friend. So, yeah, definitely uh, I'm a big fan of our, our shared family calendar. Probably that has been the thing that has really shifted the mental load in our house in terms of tr everyone truly understanding what everyone else is doing. That's great. I, I absolutely love that tip. I mean, my kid's not old enough to have the shared calendar. Isn't quite into the phase of like bribing me to drive her places either, but I'll definitely be bookmarking that one for the future. Yeah. So, and then I think in terms of the calendar, you know, you can use whatever platform you want. You might have a big pond calendar. You might, you know, you'd be using a Gmail address, but think about carefully the native app on your phone is usually not very good for handling multiple calendars. They're really not designed for that. So the if you want to have a work calendar, maybe even a personal calendar and a family calendar. So I know Mia has all three because, you know, she's co-parenting. So she has a shared um, calendar for her kids plus her own personal calendar. You really need to get an app that's going to really work well in terms of syncing all those calendars smoothly. So I use Outlook because it works best with my work calendar, but um, websites like TechRadar regularly review calendar apps. So, you know, if you haven't, if you're using the native app, uh, really think about trying something else. So Google Calendar is pretty good. AnyDo is pretty good, but, you know, you can geek out on that if you want to. So what about to-do lists? Yeah. I love my to-do list. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so again, I would recommend having one separate for work and home. And that's again about sharing. So we have a family admin calendar in our house that's shared with my husband. Um, so that really allows us to seamlessly see what each other are doing and to assign tasks to each other based on, you know, our capabilities and where we're going to be. Um, but also um, really, again, this is another area where you want to invest a little bit of time getting uh, an app that's going to work seamlessly and easily for you. So for me, what was really important is that it worked well with the voice commands. So I'm an iPhone user. So um, I tried lots of apps to get one that worked really well with Siri because when I'm out walking is often when I remember things. And yes. so 
there's nothing worse than having to stop your walk and like type into your phone. So now I'm just like the, the you know, the lady out on the street that's talking to herself because I'm saying, hey, Siri, can you add this to my... like a high powered businesswoman talking into your phone. <laughs> hey, Siri, Correct. remind me to do this thing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, some apps are better than others. Um, so Todoist, Asana, Workflow are all super popular apps. But again, invest some time, find one that you love um, and really um, make the most of it. Yeah, we've got the same thing. We use TimePage, but that's just because my husband made it. So that's the one that we use. And um, it's got uh, like we've got a shared calendar within there. So it's it's all in the same calendar. There's just like you can tag a shared item so that it goes to his calendar as well. And that's where we put all of our, you know, like going to see grandma, you know, someone's got a doctor appointment or anything that would require the other one to take care of the kid is basically what we put in there. Like what I'm doing right now, our kids at school. So I wouldn't put that in the shared calendar because it makes no difference to him whether I do this or not. So yeah, that's our, we've, we've got a very similar, similar plan with that. So which apps do you absolutely love that you think everyone should use? So I think I've probably mentioned most of them, but I would say that the two essential life admin apps, other than my, I use the reminders app for my to-do list, but other than that would be the password manager. So not only does that have all of my password, but it also has all of my important documents scanned. So my passport, driver's license, Medicare card, all of those things. Um, And I use LastPass. I I absolutely love it. We have a LastPass family subscription. uh, So my daughter has it too. It's amazing how many passwords the kids get. So um, teaching them quite early on good password hygiene is super important. Uh, so I love that LastPass families. Uh, next one I'd say is cloud storage. So you can uh, access other documents on the go and file on the go. So if you are going to look at your email when you're out and about, you want to be able to file documents in a place where you can get back to them. And using email as a filing system is actually a bit of a nightmare. So I really recommend if it's something you want to keep, saving it in cloud storage that, again, you can share with other members of your family. But I think my final one would be, if we're thinking about some more fun stuff, is the TripIt app. We love going away. We love holidays, even just camping. And having one place that's super easy where you can just email bookings to the TripIt app. You don't have to do anything. It automatically compiles your itinerary. Uh, It makes it super easy also to share like the booking obligations of things like I've booked the accommodation. My husband can easily go in and see what we've booked. So he knows that he can book the flights or book the car hire or book the restaurant because it's really easy for him to see what I've already booked. So love TripIt app. Yeah, I've never heard of TripIt, but it seems like it might actually be something that people may be able to use in the coming months, which would be quite nice considering we've been low on travel for a while. Um, So I love to finish the show on a little segment called Kicked My Ass and Kicked Ass, where we both share something that we struggled with and also something that we rocked at. So I'll go first. My uh, Kicked My Ass this week is really really it's really like it's a little bit bananas so there was only eight episodes of the new season of the babysitters club so this got released I think it was maybe earlier in this year or last year and there was one season and it was really short and I forgot that that season was really short and then they released the new season and the new season was also short and I didn't realize it was so short and then I ran out of episodes and I was I was literally I was starting a crochet project and I was like yeah I'm gonna smash through this season I've got so much of this to watch and there was eight episodes and I was devos so I had to scramble to find another one to watch. So if you are 
a Babysitter's Club tragic like I am because I grew up reading those books and just absolutely loved it. This series is not a disappointment, by the way. Like, it's just super cute and you should definitely watch it, but just be warned that the season's disappointingly short. So that was mine. What's yours? So I'm going to say homeschooling. So we've been in lockdown in Melbourne for a long, 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 long time. And I think homeschooling really kicked my ass this week. And I I think parenting in general, I just really ran out of the motivation to be enthusiastic about what my kids were doing and to like be asking and to encourage. And yeah, we just completely dropped the ball. And I'm pretty sure that one day my son just watched YouTube the entire day. So (laughs) care factor zero, just survival mode, do what you need to do. I just think Melbourne has had such a, a rough trot the roughest actually in the world, I think is it's official now. I think Melbourne had the worst yep. experience worst, in yeah. most lockdown city in the world. Something not to be proud of. No, definitely not. So my kicked ass this week is that work is really, really great. I've got two clients that I absolutely love at the moment and very excellent habit stuff is doing really well. And in general, I'm just pretty stoked with that. So yeah. What, what did you kiss, kick ass at this week? Well, our book, Life Admin Hacks, went to the printer. So after three years, like it's yay, Um, three years of research, writing, editing, podcasting, you know, and, you know, writing it over these lockdown months and proofreading and copy editing and stuff. So now that it's gone to the printer, it looks like, feels like this massive weight has lifted off my shoulders. And I feel almost, you know, it's come at the right time. Freedom Day in Melbourne today and, you know, freedom because the book has gone to the public you know, to the printer, there's nothing more we can do. So oh, pretty exciting. Amazing. Do you have a release date for it? Yeah. So January 5th, but you can pre-order now. So that's amazing. also super exciting. <laughs> I'll pop a link to the book in the show notes, but thank you so much for being a guest on the show. You've given us so many excellent tips and um, yeah, looking forward to reading your book. Thanks so much, Carly. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening to Very Excellent Habits, the podcast that helps you create little habits for a big life. I'm Carly Jacobs. You can find me on Instagram at Very Excellent Habits, and you can also email me contact at carlyjacobs.com. You can also record a question for me to answer on the show at speakpipe.com forward slash Very Excellent Habits. I had a bank of these saved up for this season, and now I'm totally out, so I need some more. If you want to cringe at hearing your own voice on your favorite podcast, hop to it. That is speakpipe.com forward slash very excellent habits. This week's bonus is a resource list of very excellent productivity apps. And you can grab that by becoming a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash very excellent habits. And one more thing, please, if you have a moment, leave a rating and a review. Thank you so much to those of you who have been leaving them. It absolutely makes my day until next time. Remember little habits, big life.